Um, I mentioned the war film aspect of my weekend, and I just thought it was interesting watching these three films as they were such big movies, um, two of them from 98 and one of them from 2001, and they're all sort of three-hour mega-budget movies with brilliant cinematography, all three, and all have their own truths about war, and that's a real important thing to me. Uh, I said they're great war movies uh, in that they have um, an almost universal truth about war and um, Saving Private Ryan's would be the arbitrary nature, nature of war uh, which I'll go to in a sec Black Hall Down's probably the, the Eric Banner's near cheesy speech about doing it for the guy next to you and the thin red line I thought was really about the um, individual experience of of being in a war, the fact that it wasn't a universal one it was, it was um dependent on each person's own interior in their head what was going on but Saving Private Ryan was undoubtedly the biggest success out of the three um, I won't go too much into the story but because it's very simple it basically follows Tom Hanks after the D-Day landings and that famous opening sequence on Omaha Beach now, Tom Hanks is brilliant in that film and I had a love-hate relationship with throughout that whole decade with him because I hated Forrest Gump and I thought Philadelphia was a terrible movie and he won Oscars for both but I loved Castaway and he didn't win one for that. Um, Saving Private Ryan, I thought he gives a really strong performance as a uh, school teacher turned uh, captain of, uh, well, initially a company and then goes off hunting for Private Ryan whose siblings have all been killed. The film was showered with praise and it is often regarded as one of the greatest war films of all time. I mentioned that I said they're all great war films, but not great films. I think Saving Private Ryan is a massively overrated film. What it's got going for it is some of the best bat- battle sequences of all time. Certainly the opening on Omaha Beach, I will never forget watching in the cinema. Um, people were gasping. It was, it was incredible, and it really did show the arbitrary nature of war. As soon as the doors went open on those landing craft that were the initial thrust of D-Day and everyone was wiped out and it just showed it didn't really have anything to do with heroism or valour it was just you standing in front of the bullet you're standing in front of the explosion that's your go and there was nothing you could do about it and the um, violence of those sequences was unparalleled at that time and at the end of the film it's sort of the last half hour also is a fantastic battle sequence as a sort of band together with um Matt Damon's mob and uh, standoff against the uh, uh, the fictional battle of Rommel. But other than that, I don't think it's a film that has a lot going for it. The biggest problem I have with it is it's way too noble. I think Steven Spielberg has ruined more films than any other great director in history. He, does, he doesn't always do it, and he didn't do it with Schindler's List, funnily enough, a film he made before this. But here it's just so noble. Everyone has got this apparent depth but there's nothing there and a lot of the cast people like ed burns and um matt damon not are just these sort of noble characters without any real depth below the surface to to what's there uh tom sizemore is very good in an identical role to the one he's actually got in black hawk down but other than that i found some of the characterizations in it annoying and some of the search for this sort of pious meaning about what was going on just didn't ring true. It came across as being rather cheesy. Um, and I th- thought that was the majority of a near three-hour running time. So I 
don't rate Saving Private Ryan outside of the wonder of that sort of desaturated photography and probably about an, all up about an hour and a half of some incredible battle sequences which is why i'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten without those it would be much much lower so saving private ryan the first of the three war films to be looked back on from the same sort of two or three year period at the end of the 90s and black hawk down and thin red line to come and as time's ticking on i'm having a, a brief look back at three of the biggest war films from around 15 years ago black hawk down the one that i'm just about to do saving private ryan the one that i previously did and Sim Red Line coming up. All massive big budgets, you know, two hour to three hour movies, so near three hours in the case of two of them. Black Hawk Down is uh, the one set in outside of the Second World War, and it's about uh, America's failed intervention in Mogadishu in Somalia when uh, 19 US Marines and a thousand Somalians were died when um, a Black Hawk helicopter was shot down. I think maybe two were. Um, and that was involved in a UN peacekeeping mission and um, the Somalis and the Pakistanis have got on board and hammered this film for basically making it all about the Americans and saying that it was a much more widespread thing. Some of the actual characters who are real people in this have come forward and said that they're, massive, they're not portrayed correctly in the film and events don't happen the way they're supposed to. But in broad terms... It's reflection of modern warfare, as in uh, the post-Iraq war kind of warfare, is pretty spot on. It's um, got a very uh, good access to the American military system in making this film. There's not too much to be disappointed about that's shown. It's hardly a rebellious, anti-authority film. Um, We should make problems for me, um, but it doesn't really. I felt... This was a conflict that didn't really have any basis outside of... Um, of course, all conflicts in Africa tend to have a post-colonial basis, uh, but this was one instance where America went in and got burned quite badly and uh, disappeared for quite some time. It certainly didn't pan out the way that they wanted. But anyway, it's directed by uh, Ridley Scott and got a big cast. Um, Josh Harnett, and he's one of these guys that disappeared, I think, a little bit. Uh, Eric Banner, Ewan McGregor, Tom Sizemore in almost the same role as before and um, they had to wear their names on their shirts or on their helmets in this film because they, they're dressed up so uniformly and it's hard to tell which actor's what and you'll also notice the guy that plays Spud from Trainspotting turn up as well which is uh, quite a sight and I film where it really falls down badly is I don't think Ridley Scott is a good film director and he's I think probably he could only say that he's a better film director than his late brother, who was an even worse one. Um, Whenever he sticks his head up and tries to be noble, at least Spielberg has got some talent in that area, but he has none. And there's some terrible pronouncements and moments where the noble savage steps up to give his spiel, and it's really cringy. Outside of that, all of the visual style of the film, again, along with Saving Private Ryan, is meticulously beautiful. The cinematography is terrific, and the battle scenes are very visceral, very well rendered, and very modern as well. And that's the interesting thing here as well with um, Saving Private Ryan. There's a lot more on the battlefield, gun on gun, you know, man on man stuff, which is uh, 
quite quite powerful at times. Uh, but this one is quite interesting because you get a lot of, almost a more technical side of things happening. I saw one of the best sequences I've feel, seen in modern cinema recently in Zero Dark Thirty, that film that's being unfairly maligned as being pro-torture, which is the half hour or so assault on Osama bin Laden's lair, which is all done through night vision goggles. And it's a amazing sequence of cinema best thing that Catherine Bigelow's ever done which isn't saying much but it's still brilliant and this has got scene after scene of these incredible sequences with helicopters going around Mogadishu and um, the performances are okay it's hard to do a good performance in a Ridley Scott film because the scripts are usually pretty dire and what he's asking the actors to do is pretty obvious rote stuff about how they're feeling and the depth isn't here any more than it is in Saving Private Ryan but overall I actually enjoyed it more I found a little less put off by the nobleness in this because there was less of it and there was a little bit more spacing it wasn't like you were going on these long trips of nobleness it was a lot more of them chasing around in Humvees and in helicopters and a very uh, some astonishing visuals again where Saving Private Ryan had all his desaturated colours this had sort of the whole thing was tinted to make it really feel like you're in the middle of Mogadishu. I can't remember where it was filmed, it was somewhere else. So I'll give this one um, an 8. So I'm giving it half a point more than Saving Private Ryan. Last war film time, and it's The Thin Red Line. Uh, the oh, that was weird. The Thin Red Line was the return to directing by Maverick and I say genius Terence Malick, who made a few films in the 70s, probably the most memorable was Badlands, and had a 20-year absence and then re-emerged with an enormity of a project, a, a huge war film based on the book The Thin Red Line by James Jones, the guy that wrote Pearl Harbor, uh, sorry, Pearl Harbor, wrote From Here to Eternity and who was stationed at Pearl Harbor when it happened. He also went to the Battle of the Guadalcanal, uh, in the uh, Solomon Islands, which was one of the turning points of the war, uh, getting an airstrip that either Japan or America would hold, thus having air power in every direction for a 1,000 kilometres. And this was up against Saving Private Ryan at the Oscars, and I used to work for a magazine in Perth, and I wrote reviews about both, and I was extremely vociferous that it was an outrage that Saving Private Ryan was going to get all the kudos, which it did. And Thin Red Line did, I think it picked up Oscars for some, no, I don't think it won a single Oscar, you know. It won the Golden Bear at the Berlin International Film Festival. It's a very long film um, and it follows the soldiers as they land on the beach and it's ironic that they land on a beach so dissimilar to Omaha Beach in Saving Private Ryan, there's no one there to meet them. And the next sort of hour and a half of the film builds up to this climactic battle on top of the hill where they try and overrun this impregnable Japanese uh, gun emplacements on the hill. Now, I think I would say out of all the war films, the Omaha Beach landing is probably the second best sequence of a battle that I've seen on film, and this is the first. It's a very different one. It takes ages, and it's very brutal, and then it's quiet, and then it's brutal, and then it's quiet, and... Terence Malick is a totally different filmmaker to Steven Spielberg to me. I think Steven Spielberg 
is a brilliant filmmaker that has, as I said, ruined more great films than any other great director. He can't help himself trying to make it too Hollywood, too saccharine, too noble, too everything. Terence Malick is the closest we've got to a stream of consciousness auteur, and I think he's a genius, and I said the same when I gave Tree of Life, his most recent film, my best film of the year two years ago. Um, there's the truth about war in this film is that every single character has a completely different experience, and the whole movie floats around from person to person occupying their thoughts and here's a brief uh, segment of it it's not one of the better or more interesting some of it's i found very profound very profoundly moving in a way that black court down and saving private ryan we weren't even close to but two of the main protagonists in the enormous cast are sean penn and jim caviezel and they have this um relationship where one is um a bit too uh, well one's grounded in the real world and wants the other one to behave himself lest he get killed and in the background you can hear what is one of the great modern scores of any film I think who did the music Hans Zimmer Hans Zimmer is a, a great great scorer of films and him John Powell and Klaus Baldat did the exceptional music and it ends with one of the other soldiers railing to the heavens uh, the cast is enormous Sean Penn Adrian Brody Jim Caviezel George Clooney, John Cusack, Woody Harrelson, Nick Nolte, John C. Riley, John Travolta, and on and on and on. Think of this. Billy Bob Thornton, Martin Sheen, Gary Oldman, Bill Pullman, Viggo Mortensen, and Mickey Rourke all starred in this film and had their scenes deleted because they could only end up with a five-hour cut of the film. I think this is a deeply flawed film, and I think that might have something to do with it being either too short or too long. I'd love to see the five-hour version of this. One of the complaints is that all these hypnotic sequences don't last long enough because you really want to get involved in the characters, and it's either too long or too short because it doesn't need to be quite as long as it is. It's a real challenge to get through. Saying all of that, I think it's an absolute masterpiece. Flawed or not, I think this is a different level of filmmaking to the other two films. I think I thought the same with Tree of Life. I think that he's an incredible director, and it's the moments that grab you. The um, it's almost like somebody playing a violin and him doing it with film. He's just a different level of virtuoso. He might not be able to fit all of his ideas in the right frame to make sense or for it all it's just those individual moments so i saw the film again over the weekend there are moments that have haunted me since i first saw it and i would never have got just throw away things like a soldier running his finger on the leaf of a fern and it unraveling and a crocodile disappearing into the water it's just really really beautiful very lyrical it's um it's a slog and it's very sort of metaphysical and it's very about how war is different for every single person involved in it and heroism and valor and all these things um where they're arbitrary in saving private ryan they're unique in this film to the individual maybe they're a gung-ho character that doesn't have any nick nolte is breathtaking in this film uh he has a, an amazing sequence where he rails against a younger soldier because he's a commanding officer that he hasn't had his war he's been in the army for 15 years and this is his only opportunity to have a big war and how important that is and it covers so much ground. It's such a beautiful lyrical film. Flaws and all, warts and all, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10, which is the same score I gave Tree of Life. So he's averaging 9.5. It's flawed. It is flawed. And I do agree that pacing-wise, it either doesn't go on long enough or it goes on too long. Um, but 
There you go. I think Martin Scorsese said it was the second best film of the 90s. Gene Siskel from At The Movie said it was the greatest contemporary war film, and I think it's brilliant. Thin Red Line, 9.5 out of 10, the winner. Uh, here's 